It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. And we welcome to the show an old friend and uh, somebody who's probably in my many years in and out of Wall Street or covering the beat, uh, one of the best investment managers and advisors anywhere, any place, uh, and an honest guy, uh, my pal Lee Cooperman, who was the chairman and CEO of Omega Advisors. He has a brand new book out. It's called From the Bronx to Wall Street, My 50 Years in Finance and Philanthropy. Lee Cooperman, welcome. Thanks. Nice to be with you, Larry. Thank you for having me. So, Lee, I have not read the book uh, I've skimmed it. It's an easy read. I, I intend to read it. You wrote a, a lovely inscription, by the way. Um, what's so interesting here is you kind of started from nothing and worked your way up to the heights. And I think that's a great story. And I think that's a story that's, you know, too many people think you can't do that anymore. And I wanted you to talk to us about that. Can it be done again? Well, Absolutely young... can be done. It's yeah. getting more difficult. Uh, let me explain. I, I wrote the book for uh, two reasons. First reason, most important reason, I read that 30 to 40 percent of the U.S. youngsters think that socialism, I mean, socialism is preferred to capitalism. Mm. They don't get it. You know. And the second reason I wrote it, I have three grandkids, and I want them to be capitalists with a heart. <laughs> and uh, my father came to America from Warsaw, Poland at the age of 12 as a plumber's apprentice. No formal education. I'm the first generation of my family to go to college. I went to mostly all public schools. I went to public school 75 in the South Bronx. I went to Morris High School in the South Bronx. And I went to Hunter College in the West Bronx. I followed the advice of Harlan Scribbly and I went west. <laughs> I, then, uh, I, then, uh, I then got an MBA from Columbia Business School, which opened the door to Goldman Sachs. I started my career at Goldman Sachs on uh, February 1st of 1967. Uh, I had no money in the bank. I had a six-month-old child who today is celebrating his 56th birthday. Happy birthday, Wayne. Uh, and I had uh, uh, a student loan to repay. And uh, basically, I've made a great deal of money. As I outlined the book, I'm giving away 100% of what I've worked 60 years to make. And I think the socialists in this country and the administration don't fully understand that. I take a little bit to task in my book, uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, I, I just, it's just sad what's going on in the country, frankly. Very why sad. Is, why is there this assault on capitalism? I mean, you look at the history of this, um, you know, the history of thought, the history of economics. Capitalism is the greatest growth and prosperity machine ever invented, Lee Cooperman. And here you have all these people in Washington, D.C. I mean, I, I don't want to politicize this interview, but the fact remains that It has a lot to do, in my opinion, with income disparity. Huh. There's not been an equal sharing of the prosperity of the country, and I'm doing my best to try and narrow the income disparity. I think basically the income disparity has to be resolved through education. There's no better way. You know, I send a 1,000 kids to college in Newark, New Jersey. Hmm. I put $50 million to a fund. It's called Cooperman College Scholars, and you're trying to change the trajectory of these kids' lives. You know, 35% of Newark High School kids, when I got involved, went to college. Only 5% graduated. 
is a Twinkle Morgan runs the program for me. She's done a fabulous job. Our first cohort graduated. We had a 73% graduation rate. Mm. And, you know, the average lifetime earnings of a college graduate is well over a million dollars, more than a non-college graduate. Mm. So you're changing the trajectory of these kids' lives. And, you know, uh, that's it. And 11 years ago, 12 years ago, I think, I sent a letter to President Obama. I said, you know, you're depreciating the American dream. You're telling the 99% they're being screwed by the 1%. You should be telling the 99% with hard work and luck, you can become part of the 1%. You know? Is there is there enough hard work, Lee Cooperman? That's a question I had written down in these notes. Is there enough hard... Is the work ethic alive and well? It's been damaged, and I think COVID didn't help. Uh, but, you know, look, the... Uh, it's a hard philosophical question to ask. I think the, the world has changed to a great degree, but you asked at the opening, can uh, you achieve you know, independence and can you become part of the 1%? And I think the answer is yes. And I think I'm an example of that. And I've taken all my financial resources and I'm putting it back into the system. I figured out many years ago, there's only four things you could do with money. The first thing you could do with money, you could spend it on yourself. You know, buy cars, art, baseball team, nothing wrong with all that. I'm not happy not to be interested. I'm married to a socialist, but we have the same values in life. <laughs> and that we both believe accumulating material possessions brings with as much aggravation as pleasure. So where less is more. The second thing you could do with, kids, with your money, give it to your kids. But if you have a lot of money, giving all your money to your children is a mistake because you deprive them of self-achievement. Mm. Third thing we do with money is you give it to the government, but only a fool gives the government money more than you have to. You pay your taxes and that's it. And the fourth thing you can do with money is recycle back into society and try to make the world a better place. And that's what I've decided to do with my money. You know, and uh, trouble is, I think in this country, we're heading to a leadership at a crisis environment. You know, uh, our fiscal situation is ultimately going to be end in a crisis. Mm. We're putting our debt at an alarming rate, the debt increase. You know, in 2017, the national debt of the country was $20 trillion. Now it's running about $33 trillion five and a half years later. Mm. It's a growth rate far in excess. I don't have to tell you. You're the economist. I'm not. It's a mm. growth rate far in excess of the growth rate of the economy. And we just have degenerated into an environment of leadership at a crisis. So, you know, we're living too comfortably with our fiscal situation. And uh, basically, uh, hopefully, this, not hopefully, but this will change. It'll change with a crisis. In 2008, uh, we invented every acronym that had to be invented. The problem for the markets is we don't discount a crisis. Mm. There were 18, 19 times earnings. The market is not discounting any problems. Talk to me about the markets, if you would. There's no better investment advisor than you down through the years. Um, stocks look pricey. I'm worried about interest rates. I'm worried about energy inflationly. Um, I'm worried about the Federal Reserve. I don't like the leadership at the Federal Reserve, and I sure don't like the leadership in the White House. Talk us, tell us, give us some stock market wisdom, if you would. Well, I think that the stock, you know, about a year ago when I was on TV, I said that I had a view very much like the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh had a dream. The dream is in the Bible. It was interpreted by Joseph. And the dream was we'd have seven lean years following the seven fat years. <laughs> and so I think we're in store for an extended period of time of low returns and the major averages. And we're in a stock picker's game. And I think in the simplest terms, the multiple in the market is too high relative to interest rates and the world situation. Mm. And, 
You know, uh, the market, however, is very bifurcated. You know, the vast bulk of the gains this year in the, in the Sainted Seven, mm-hmm. and nine, you know, the other 493 companies in the S&P 500 are up about 4%. Um, but I would say uh, the market's going to go nowhere in the major averages. It's a time to be conservative and be cautious. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that multiples are too high relative to interest rates. I, I, I'm worried interest rates are actually going to go up rather than... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. All this talk about it. You know, prior to the great financial crisis, the 10-year bond yielded in line with nominal GDP. If you have, you know, 3 to 4% inflation, you have real growth about 1.5%, 1 and 3 quarters. I wouldn't be surprised if the 10-year got over 5%. Yep, absolutely right. I mean, that's my take i don't follow it the way i used to but that's exactly my take lee you know this program is listened to uh, by a lot of folks who are not experts they're not wall street types if what should they do with their savings well i think stocks are still the best game in town Mm -hmm. Uh, and i would just you know own what you know what you understand and what's value-oriented and I think having a certain amount of cash in your portfolio yielding 5% per annum right now isn't a mistake. I would avoid long-term bonds. Mm. You know, I would keep my bond portfolio with a short duration. And uh, I would, uh, you know, I'm not a big technology investor, but these technology multiples seem kind of high to me. And uh, I would be, you know, just try to buy cheap stocks, get a good financial advisor. Stay away from bonds. Okay. The name of the book is From the Bronx to Wall Street, My 50 Years in Finance and Philanthropy. The great Lee Cooperman, chairman and CEO of Omega Advisors. Thank you, Lee. We appreciate it very, very much. My pleasure. All the best. Stay safe, stay healthy. Keep doing your good job. You too. Thank you, buddy. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. The other side of the break, Chad Wolf, uh, former secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. We're going to revisit the immigration fiasco. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. This is the Larry Kudlow Show.